0: Good evening. The NRA declares bankruptcy and runs from New York. Joe Biden announces a nearly $2 trillion rescue package. The FBI is on the trail of the Capitol invaders and it's Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King's real birthday. And a breaking story, a noted BLM, Black Lives Matter activist, says the shooting in the Capitol was unjustified. With these and other stories, I'm Paul DiRienzo with the WBAI News for Friday, January 15th. 2021 the national rifle association is seeking bankruptcy protection today the nra filed the chapter 11 petitions in u.s bankruptcy court in dallas and is moving to texas to restructure as a Texas nonprofit. Last August, New York State Attorney General Letitia James sued to dissolve the NRA, alleging senior leaders diverted millions of dollars for personal use, buying the silence and loyalty of former employees. The suit alleges NRA leaders paid for family trips to the Bahamas, private jets, and expensive meals that contributed to a $64 million hit on the NRA's balance sheet turning a surplus into a deficit. The NRA's actions will likely put the attorney general's lawsuit on hold and a reincorporation could strip her of the ability to seek the group's dissolution. Meanwhile, the aftermath of the violent raid on the United States Capitol continues to reverberate less than a week before the high security and high tension inauguration of Joe Biden and Vice President-elect Kamala Harris on January 20th at noon. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi noted today is Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday and drew parallels between the legendary civil rights leader and the bravery of government officials and staffers hunkered down as hostile invaders roamed the Capitol halls. Some apparently looking to kidnap victims armed with plastic handcuffs, bear spray clubs, bats and firearms.
1: While we uh, celebrate and observe Martin Luther King Day Monday. Today is actually Reverend Martin Luther King's birthday. And as we observe it in this extraordinary time, it's important to remember his words, all of them so appropriate one time or another. Today, I remember him saying, true peace is not merely the absence of tension. It is the presence of justice. Justice is called for, as we address The act of insurrection insurrection, uh, that was perpetrated against the Capitol complex last week. Right now, our managers are solemnly and prayerfully preparing for the trial, which they will take to the Senate.
0: And that's Nancy Pelosi. King might have lived to see the first black president in a fascist assault on democracy if he hadn't been assassinated on April 4th, 1968, at a motel in Memphis. King was there to support striking sanitation workers, a new direction towards economic justice for a movement born out of the fight against Southern segregation. King gave an ominous speech the night before he was killed. It seems like he knew.
2: And
3: I've seen the promised land.
0: The official story is the hit was carried out by a right-wing drifter named James Earl Ray, but the King family has long said they don't believe Ray was actually King's killer. King's son, Dexter, hired lawyer William Pepper to mount an independent investigation. Pepper says he found evidence a military-trained team of assassins were the real culprits. He says the rise of the American fascist movement, opposed to economic and social justice, is the common thread between the King assassination and the raid on the United States Capitol.
4: Martin was vastly increasing his own thinking toward the necessity for social, economic and political revolution in America, but it had to come about Through the use of peaceful means, the assault on the Capitol unleashed the hidden, and I mean hidden for quite a period of time, fascist elements that have been developing in this country over many, many decades. They are complete antithesis of movement of social justice that Martin spoused, but those same forces were the forces that killed Martin Luther King. And put him out of action, not only Martin, of course, but Bobby Kennedy, whom they they could not allow to become president, and earlier, Malcolm and many others, beginning with Jack Kennedy, this was the means of getting rid of progressive forces and movement that would have drastically changed America.
0: We saw in Washington. The large number of active duty and retired military people who are at the Capitol.
4: There is that element. There's no question about it. But also, much deeper than that, I think what the assault on the Capitol and what this brewing fascism in America shows us, if we really want to look at it, is the failure of education in America, the failure of public schooling to endow young citizens with a respect for the means of change in a democratic republic which itself from the beginning is very fragile
0: is this the result of the assassinations that this is the world these assassinations brought us
4: the assassinations are symptoms of the failure that i'm talking about there is no deeply felt understanding or comprehension and commitment to the perpetuation of social, economic, political change within this system.
0: The central truth in the assassination of Martin Luther King and Bobby Kennedy and JFK, but particularly Martin Luther King.
4: Assassination is really the last means, the last resort. If they can discredit someone by rendering them unemployable, defaming them in some way or another so that their credibility is minimized they will do that because they couldn't with the key assassinations of the 60s including martin king then they will move toward assassination in a, a predictable format with a patsy that is organized and used but orchestrated from on high do you fear for
0: or should we fear for the safety of joe biden
4: no i think not He's basically a good and uh, at heart a decent man, but he's not a political ideologue in any way. To the extent that he can be pushed to the left by Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren and others, he will become a danger to the existing order of things. But I think he is surrounding himself with very competent establishment-orientated people who are going to be able to keep fairly firm leash on his politics.
0: How will people remember Donald Trump, in your opinion?
4: The history books will probably look upon him as a failed attempt to bring fascism from the grassroots and into power in America.
0: William Pepper is a lawyer and author of The Plot to Kill King, Orders to Kill, and Act of State, The Execution of Martin Luther King. And federal prosecutors said there was strong evidence the pro-Trump mob that stormed the U.S. Capitol last week aimed to capture and assassinate elected officials. But officials caution there's still no direct evidence of a plot and the investigation is just beginning. The accusation comes from court papers filed against Jacob Chansley, the Arizona man photographed in the Capitol, shirtless, wearing a horned hat and face paint. He's known as the QAnon shaman. Chansley reportedly left a note On Vice President Mike Pence's desk saying it's only a matter of time justice is coming many of the Capitol raiders responding to calls from Trump were enraged at Pence for not trying to block the official counting of the electoral votes according to reports Pence his wife son and daughter had escaped the invaders by only a few seconds and Secret Service agents reported that they at first couldn't find an escape route for the vice president from the Capitol and when they eventually did Pence refused to leave. Finally, the agents force Pence to retreat to a secure location. FBI Director Christopher Wray he says that violent threats against the government are increasing and they've been growing ever
4: since the Capitol raid. Partners have already arrested more than 100 individuals for their criminal activities in last week's siege of the Capitol and continue to pursue countless other related investigations. Look at what's happening now to the people who were involved in the capital siege. Wherever they scattered to, whether it was Memphis, Phoenix, Dallas, Honolulu, what they were finding is we've got FBI agents tracking them down uh, and arresting them. And if I were those people, you don't want to be the ones that have FBI agents knocking on your door at 6 a.m. So anybody who plots or attempts violence in the coming week should count on a visit.
0: FBI Director Christopher Wray but with talk growing of Congress passing a new domestic terrorism law, increasing funding for the FBI and law enforcement, and making it easier to track the Internet, some say increasing government surveillance is heading down the wrong path. The deputy director of the Internet activist and watchdog Fight for the Future is Evan Greer. She says you can't fight fascism by expanding the police state.
5: It's not that I don't think we should respond or that institutions should use the tools that they currently have available to them to hold elites, especially, and those who participated in violence accountable. What I'm arguing is that this should not be used as an excuse to expand programs like the U.S. government's surveillance state that disproportionately harm communities of color, low-income communities, Muslim folks, immigrants, the very same people that Donald Trump has been targeting and harming for his entire time in office.
0: 20 years ago, after 9-11, we had the Patriot Act. Do you see something along those lines?
5: There's a lot of parallels here, right? The Patriot Act was framed as a temporary expansion of government surveillance that was necessary to prevent further harm and save human lives. Here we are two decades later, and there's almost no evidence to suggest that those mass government surveillance programs have ever actually prevented a single violent attack. But what they have done is terrorize communities of color, Muslim folks, marginalized people. They've had a chilling impact on freedom of expression and curtailed dissent, legitimate dissent. They've wasted hundreds of millions of dollars while invading the privacy and civil liberties of hundreds of millions of people. It would be a huge mistake if we repeat that misguided response and thinking. Uh, some other things I think that we should be aware of and concerned about would be lawmakers using this moment to renew their misguided attacks on section 230 of the communications decency act, which is a a much misunderstood law. But really at its core, it's one of the most important laws protecting human rights and freedom of expression in the digital age and any rushed or overly broad changes to it could have profound implications for social movements like Black Lives Matter or the Me Too movement that have thrived thanks to the existence of social media and networking that have given a voice to people who've been historically silenced and ignored in our society. It would also make it harder, not easier for platforms to address hate speech, disinformation and other harmful content on their platforms, whether you agree or disagree with Twitter and other companies' decision to give Donald Trump the boot, Section 230 was actually what enabled them to do so without fear of excessive litigation. So this is one of those situations where a lot of people are just misunderstanding the law, and we need to be cautious about lawmakers rushing to make changes to a policy that they've so far shown that they don't really understand.
0: Do you see that happening now?
5: We're very likely to see these types of misguided responses coming from folks on the Hill unless we speak out. It's really important that social justice organizers, activists speak out in this moment and say, we don't need a repeat of the mistakes we've made in the past. We need to finally reckon with the fact that white supremacist violence has been running through the veins of this country since its inception. And that's not something that we can fix with some magic legislation or by simply kicking one person off of social media. That's something that needs to be dealt with through meaningful structural change, meeting people's basic needs and starting to dismantle rather than reinforce some of these systems that have utterly failed us and led to this moment in history.
0: Evan Greer is Deputy Director of the Internet Activist and Watchdog Fight for the Future. In related news, a Black Lives Matter activist, John Sullivan, a.k.a. Jaden X, a crowdfunded videographer who posed as a pro-Trump invader to gather grip video of the attack on the U.S. Capitol last week, was arrested by the Department of Justice. When he entered the building, he had no press ID. His footage was featured on the PBS show Frontline. He was charged with one charge of entering a restricted building. His footage of the police shooting a protester, Ashley Babbitt, is particularly chilling. Sullivan says of Babbitt, I didn't think she deserved to die. A QAnon supporter who had traveled to the protest, she was shot once in the neck by a police agent. We don't know his name and not much information about him yet. She died at the scene. And you're listening to the news on WBAI New York. I'm Paul DiRienzo. President-elect Biden laid out his $1.9 trillion rescue package yesterday. With the Democrats in control of the Senate and House, Biden plans to hit the road running when he takes the oath of office next week. His plan would add $1,400 to the $600 check sent to taxpayers last month, increasing funding for vaccinations and putting a hold on evictions.
6: We will finish the job of getting a total of $2,000 in cash relief to people who needed it the most. The $600 already appropriated is simply not enough. You just have to choose between paying rent and putting food on the table. Even for those who have kept their jobs, these checks are really important. You see, if you're an American worker making $40,000 a year with less than $400 in savings, maybe you've lost hours or maybe you're doing fewer shifts, driving a truck or caring for the kids or the elderly. You're out there putting your life on the line to work during this pandemic and worried every week that you get sick, lose your job or worse, $2,000 is going to go a long way to ease that pain. We'll also provide more peace of mind for struggling families by extending unemployment insurance beyond the end of March for millions of workers. That means that 18 million Americans currently rely on unemployment benefits while they look for work, can count on these checks continuing to be there. Plus, there will be a $400 per week supplement so people can make ends meet. One in seven households in America, more than one in five Black and Latino households in America, report they don't have enough food to eat. This includes 30 million adults and as many as 12 million children. So we're going to extend emergency nutritional assistance for, 30, for 43 million children and their families enrolled in the SNAP program through the rest of this year. We'll help hard restaurants prepare meals for the hungry, provide food for the families who need it. We'll invest $3 billion in making sure mothers and their young children have the nutrition they need. Approximately 14 million Americans are falling behind on rent, many at risk of eviction. Next week, we'll take action to extend nationwide restrictions on evictions and foreclosures. This This will provide more than 25 million Americans greater stability instead of living on the edge every single month. These crises are straining the budgets of states and cities and tribal communities that are forced to consider layoff and service restrictions of the most needed workers. Our rescue plan will provide emergency funding to keep these essential workers on the job and maintain essential services. It will ensure that vaccines are administered and schools can reopen. Our rescue plan will provide flexible grants to help those hardest-hit small businesses survive the pandemic and the low-cost capital that will help entrepreneurs of all backgrounds create and maintain jobs, plus provide the essential goods and services that communities depend upon. We'll focus on minority-owned small businesses, women-owned small businesses, and finally having equal access to the resources they need to reopen and to rebuild. Direct cash payments, extended unemployment insurance, rent relief, food assistance, keeping essential frontline workers on the job, aid to small businesses, These are the key elements to the American Rescue Plan that would lift 12 million Americans out of poverty and cut child poverty in half. That's five million children lifted out of poverty if we move.
0: President-elect Joe Biden. And returning to the character of participants in the raid on the U.S. Capitol last week, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi spoke out about one participant in particular. Robert Keith Packer from Virginia was prominently wearing a Camp Auschwitz sweatshirt. The shirt pictured a skull and crossbones and reads work equals freedom. Auschwitz, of course, is the Nazi death camp located in Poland where millions of Jews and others were slaughtered during World War II. Its entrance gate bearing the chilling slogan, work makes you free in German. Packer is a gold medal-winning Olympic swimmer and supporter of the violent right-wing group known as the Proud Boys. He was arrested by the FBI and charged with unlawful entry and disorderly conduct. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi addressed the image of Packer at her briefing today.
1: One figure, oh, so many disgusting images, but one figure of a man in a shirt with Auschwitz on it. Auschwitz work equals freedom to Auschwitz this is in this January one year ago I had the privilege of bringing a delegation to see the dehumanizing of people that was perpetrated there was so so overwhelming to see this punk with that shirt on and his anti-Semitism that he has bragged about, to be part of a white supremacist raid on this capital, requires us to assign responsibility to those who are part of organizing it and incentivizing it.
0: House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. During this week's impeachment debate, House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer made a point to praise Texas Democrat Al Green. Green was the first Democrat to propose impeaching Trump, long before it was popular choice with the leadership. Green's voice cracked with also, emotion as he thanked his colleagues who supported the first attempts at impeachment of the president.
4: It also, it has a start with some of these people who were there initially, who helped to lay this foundation. 110 people i want to recognize maxine waters congresswoman a lot of them were threatened their lives were disrupted and if i may with unanimous consent i'd just like to insert their names in the record without objection i thank you and may god bless our country as we go forward
0: texas democratic representative al green green added the majority of republicans even when spouting the party line understand the dangers facing the republic and closer to home today governor andrew cuomo said he's hopeful that the new administration will be more favorable to new york state he says we were politically extorted by washington and he expects a new leadership to right the wrongs cuomo is also quite critical of the federal government's vaccine rollout linda perry has the story
2: New York statewide COVID-19 positivity rate is 6.14 percent. Cuomo says we're starting to see a drop post-New Year's Eve, that we would rather not have seen the increase, but that it would have been worse if New Yorkers weren't smart and disciplined. There are 16 cases of the U.K. variant, which has been found, the latest case in Nassau County. New York is being hampered in delivering vaccines by federal incompetence, according to Governor Cuomo. With changes by the federal government in vaccine eligibility, which now includes people who are age 65 or older, this group is added to first responders, essential workers, and those who are 75 years old or more. The addition of 65-plus adds 1.8 million people, so the vaccine is now open to 7 million New Yorkers,
3: Governor Cuomo. 7 million people, we're receiving 300,000 vaccinations per week. It takes you about six months to do 7 million people at uh, 300,000 per week. We are, our constraint is the federal supply, and that is creating a scheduling backlog, and it's creating pressure on what was supposed to be the prioritization process. Uh, We are now scheduling appointments through the distribution mechanism, which you'll see in a moment, 14 weeks in advance. And most of the distributors are uh, already fully booked because people want the vaccine, which is a good thing. The premise was by the federal government when they opened it up to 75 plus and 65 plus that they would increase the allocation. Uh, And the theory was, we'll increase the eligibility, but we'll increase the allocation. Uh, That hasn't happened. They increased the eligibility. They did not increase the supply. The Trump administration said they were going to expedite the second dosage, if you remember. And rather than holding back the second dose supply, they would send the second dose and that would increase a state's supply. Uh, It turns out that that was not true. They had already sent out everything they had. So there was no increase in supply. And in the meantime, there was a dramatic increase in the eligibility. So now you increase the eligibility, you don't increase the supply, and now you have uh, a very complicated situation.
2: Meanwhile, 96% of New York State's nursing home residents have gotten at least an initial dose. Vaccination teams are due to reach the rest by Sunday. Cuomo also announced that five community vaccination kits have been deployed to NYCHA housing developments across New York City. This is an effort to distribute the COVID-19 vaccine equitably in communities that are underserved, by traditional healthcare institutions. The sites are strictly limited to eligible NYCHA residents. Residents can make appointments by contacting Somos, the state's partner organization. You can call 1-833-SOMOSNY. Again, 1-833-SOMOS, New York, 1-833-766-6769. Linda Perry, WBAI News, New York.
0: And according to Cuomo, New York State needs $15 billion from the rescue plan as outlined by President-elect Biden. And Cuomo adds he's looking for House and Senate members to deliver that. And that's some of the news for Friday, January 15th, 2021. The news is produced by Linda Perry. Our engineer is Reggie Johnson from New York City. For the WBAI News, I'm Paul DiRienzo. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend.